Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 143. Today, throughout our passages, we're seeing a theme that we need to look to God for the help we need. That when you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to turn, and when you are at a loss, God is the one you can look to. He is the one who has the answers. He is the one you can trust. We'll see this in a number of different ways throughout the stories. And so let's begin today with 2 Chronicles 19 and 20. And we'll see this in the story and the life of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. So 2 Chronicles chapter 19. When King Jehoshaphat of Judah returned home safely to Jerusalem, the prophet Jehu, son of Hananiah, confronted him. He said to King Jehoshaphat, Is it right to help the wicked or be an ally of those who oppose the Lord? Because you have done this, the Lord is angry with you. Nevertheless, you have done some good things. You removed the Asherah poles from the land, and you were determined to follow God. Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem. He went out among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and encouraged them to follow the Lord God of their ancestors. He appointed judges throughout the land and in each of the fortified cities of Judah. He told told the judges, Be careful what you do, for you are not judging for men, but for the Lord, who will be with you when you make judicial decisions. Respect the Lord and make careful decisions, for the Lord our God disapproves of injustice, partiality, and bribery. In Jerusalem, Joseph had appointed some Levites, priests, and Israelite family leaders to judge on behalf of the Lord and to settle disputes among the residents of Jerusalem. He commanded them, Carry out your duties with respect for the Lord, with honesty, and with pure motives. Whenever your countrymen who live in the cities bring a case before you, whether it involves a violent crime or other matters related to the law, commandments, rules, and regulations, warn them that they must not sin against the Lord. If you fail to do so, God will be angry with you and your colleagues, but if you obey, you will be free of guilt. Take note, Amariah the chief priest will oversee you in every matter pertaining to the Lord, and Zebediah son of Ishmael, the leader of the family of Judah, in every matter pertaining to the king. The Levites will serve as officials before you. Act courageously, and may the Lord be with those who do well. Later, the Moabites and Ammonites, along with some of the Menuhites, attacked Jehoshaphat. Messengers arrived and reported to Jehoshaphat, A huge army is attacking you from the other side of the Dead Sea, from the direction of Edom. Look, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is, Engedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid, so he decided to seek the Lord's advice. He decreed that all Judah should observe a fast. The people of Judah assembled to ask for the Lord's help. They came from all the cities of Judah to ask for the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the Lord's temple in front of the new courtyard. And he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you are the God who lives in heaven and rules over all the kingdoms of the nations. You possess strength and power. No one can stand against you. Our God, you drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it as a permanent possession to the descendants of your friend Abraham. 
They settled down in it and built in it a temple to honor you, saying, If disaster comes on us in the form of military attack, judgment, plague, or famine, we will stand in front of this temple before you, for you are, pre you are present in this temple. We will cry out to you for help in our distress, so that you will hear and deliver us. Now the Ammonites, Moabites, and men from Mount Seir are coming. When Israel came from the land of Egypt, you did not allow them to invade these lands. They bypassed them and did not destroy them. Look how they are repaying us. They come to drive us out of our allotted land, which you assign to us. Our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless against this huge army that attacks us. We don't know what we should do. We look to you for help. All the men of Judah were standing before the Lord, along with their infants, wives, and children. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Lord's Spirit came upon Jechaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeel, son of Mataniah, a Levite, a descendant of Esaph. He said, Pay attention, all you people of Judah, residents of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says to you. Don't be afraid and don't panic because of this huge army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them as they come up the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the ravine in front of the wilderness of Jeriel. You will not fight in this battle. Take your positions, stand, and watch the Lord deliver you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid and don't panic. Tomorrow, march out toward them. The Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face toward the ground, and all the people of Judah and the residents of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord and worshipped him. Then some of the Levites from the Kohathites and the Korathites got up and loudly praised the Lord God of Israel. Early the next morning, they marched out to the wilderness of Tekoa. When they were ready to march, Jehoshaphat stood up and said, Listen to me, you people of, Is of Judah and residents of Jerusalem. Trust in the Lord your God, and you will be safe. Trust in the message of his prophets, and you will win. He met with the people and appointed musicians to play before the Lord and praise his majestic splendor. As they marched ahead of the warriors, they said, Give thanks to the Lord for his loyal love endures. When they began to shout and praise, the Lord suddenly attacked the Ammonites, Moabites, and men from Mount Seir who were inv invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites attacked the men from Mount Seir and annihilated them. When they had finished off the men of, Z of Zir, they attacked and destroyed one another. When the men of Judah arrived at the observation post overlooking the wilderness and looked at the huge army, they saw dead bodies on the ground. There were no survivors. Jehoshaphat and his men went to gather the plunder. They found a huge amount of, display, of supplies, clothing, and valuable items. They carried away everything they could. There was so much plunder, it took them three days to haul it off. On the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Barakah, where they praised the Lord. So that place is called the Valley of Barakah to this day. Then all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them. The Lord had given them reason to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem to the sound of stringed instruments and trumpets and proceeded to the temple of the Lord. All the kingdoms of the surrounding lands were afraid of God when they heard how the Lord had fought against Israel's enemies. Jehoshaphat's kingdom enjoyed peace. His God made him secure on every side. Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king and he reigned for 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Azubah, the daughter of Jilhi. He followed in his father Asaph's footsteps and was careful to do what the Lord approved. However, the high places were not eliminated. The people were still not devoted to the God of their ancestors. The rest of the events of Jehoshaphat's reign from the start to finish are recorded in the annals of Jehu, the son of Hanani, 
which are included in the scroll of the kings of Israel. Later, King Joseph out of Judah made an alliance with King Ahaziah of Israel, who did evil. They agreed to make large sea-going merchant ships. They built the ships in Ezion-Geber. Eliezer, son of Dovadnuva from Marashan, prophesied against Josephat, saying, Because you made an alliance with Ahaziah, the Lord will shatter what you have made. The ships were wrecked and unable to go to sea. And we'll continue on then today by also reading from 2 Kings chapter 1, the continuing story of uh, the kings of Israel and of Judah. And in particular here, we are going back to Elijah confronting the king and his commander. 2 Kings 1. After Ahab died, Moab rebelled against Israel, and Ahaziah fell through a window lattice in his upper chamber in Samaria and was injured. He sent messengers with these orders, Go ask Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, if I will survive this injury. But the angel of the Lord told Elijah the Tishbite, Get up, go to meet the messengers from the king of Samaria. Say this to them, You must think there is no god in Israel. That explains why you are on your way to seek an oracle from Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron. Therefore, this is what the Lord has said, You will not leave the bed you lie on, for you will certainly die. So Elijah went on his way. When the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, Why have you returned? They replied, A man came up to meet us. He told us, Go back to the king who sent you and tell him this. This is what the Lord has said. You must not think there is no God. In, you must think there is no God in Israel. That explains why you are sending for an oracle from Baal-sebub, the god of Ekron. Therefore, you will not leave the bed you lie on, for you will certainly die. The king asked them, Describe the appearance of this man who came to meet you and told you these things. They replied, He was a hairy man and had a leather belt tied around his waist. The king said, He is Elijah the Tishbite. The king sent a captain and his fifty soldiers to retrieve Elijah. The captain went up to him while he was sitting on top of a hill. He told him, Prophet, the king says, come down. Elijah replied to the captain, If I am indeed a prophet, may fire come down from the sky and consume you and your fifty soldiers. Fire then came down from the sky and consumed him and his fifty soldiers. The king sent another captain and his fifty soldiers to retrieve Elijah. He went up and told him, Prophet, this is what the king says, come down at once. Elijah replied to them, If I am indeed a prophet, may fire come down from the sky and consume you and your fifty soldiers. Fire from God came down from the sky and consumed him and his fifty soldiers. The king sent a third captain and his fifty soldiers. This third captain went up and fell on his knees before Elijah. He begged for mercy. Prophet, please have respect for my life and the lives of these fifty servants of yours. Indeed, fire came down from the sky and consumed the two captains who came before me along with their men. So now please have respect for my life. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him. Don't be afraid of him. So he got up and went down with him to the king. Elijah said to the king, This is what the Lord has said. You sent messengers to seek an oracle from Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron. Is it because there is no god in Israel from whom you can seek a message? Therefore you will not leave the bed you lie on, for you will certainly die. And he did die, in keeping with the Lord's message that he had spoken through Elijah. In the second year of the reign of King Joram, son of Jehoshaphat, over Judah, Ahaziah's brother Joram replaced him as king of Israel, because he had no son. The rest of the events of Ahaziah's reign, including his accomplishments, are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of the Kings of Israel. 
And here we have a clear story in that this King Ahaziah did not look at all to God to be his help, to be the one who could answer his questions, to be the one he would look to for help. And his resulting consequences were his own death and demise. And we'll turn now to to Psalm chapter 20 and see this Psalm of David, which is a call to God for help. Uh, King David, who knew what it meant and how to seek God and to ask him for help. For the music director, a Psalm of David. May the Lord answer you when you are in trouble. May the God of Jacob make you secure. May he send you help from his temple. From Zion, may he give you support. May he take notice of all your offerings. May he accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant your heart's desire. May he bring you all, bring all your plans to pass. Then we will shout for joy over your victory. We will rejoice in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now I am sure that the Lord will deliver his chosen king. He will intervene for him from his holy heavenly temple and display his mighty ability to deliver. Some trust in chariots and others in horses, but we depend on the Lord our God. They will fall down, but we will stand firm. The Lord will deliver the king. He will answer us when we call to him for help. What a wonderful psalm where David reminds us that if you look for the strength that you need in horses or chariots, you will always fail. And in the stories we read from Second um, Chronicles, we see that those who called out for help receive God's help in miraculous and wonderful ways and shows us that we need to continue to realize our help is only found when we look to God. Now we conclude today by reading from Matthew chapter 3, a story of another prophet, a final prophet of God, John the Baptist whose words are, in one sense, also look to God for the help and the, and the forgiveness you need. Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came into the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near, for he is the one about whom the prophet Isaiah had spoken. The voice of one shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing made from camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his diet consisted of locusts and wild honey. Then people from Jerusalem, as well as all Judea and all the regions surrounding the Jordan, were going out to him, and he was baptizing them in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his his baptism, he said to them, You offspring of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, produce fruit that proves your repentance, and don't think that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God can raise up children for Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one coming after me is more powerful than I am. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clean out his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the storehouse, but the chaff he will burn up with inextinguishable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John to be baptized by him in the Jordan River. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? So Jesus replied to him, Let it happen now, for it is right for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John yielded to him. After Jesus was baptized, just as he was coming up out of the water, the heavens opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my one dear Son. In him I take great delight. 
And there we have John the Baptist basically making it clear, too, that he looked to God for the help that he needed and called people to do the same, to repent and to turn to God, to turn away from themselves and to turn and look to God. And Jesus comes and is baptized, and we hear these words, This is my dear Son, in him I take great delight. And it tells us that Jesus is ultimately the one we need to listen to, that if we look to God, we look to his Son, Jesus, that in him we find the help we truly need. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're-